Welcome to this week's episode of Business Wise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian philosopher and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. I want you to know something. Whenever you have executed a successful management or administrative action, you have either done six exact steps in sequence or you have been extremely lucky. Let's take an example. You walk into your office. You're the first one there. You see that there has been a flood. You immediately start looking for the source of it, and you see there is a burst pipe under the sink in the staff break room. You also see that the flood is seeping over to the utility space where the computer servers and electrical panels are. A couple of employees show up, and you immediately direct them to start grabbing rags, buckets, and mops and get busy handling the water spreading everywhere, starting with protecting the electrical closet. And then when the next employee comes in, you get him or her to call a plumber, tell them to get them over immediately while you are doing your best to staunch the water coming out of the burst pipe. And you get that uh, burst pipe more or less under control, and you dash over to where the first uh, two employees that came in are mopping and bailing and doing the best they can to clean up the mess. You correct them on a couple of points and check to see if the plumber has been contacted yet. You get that debugged as needed, and then immediately you put the third employee... Uh, who, now that the plumber's on their way, uh, put the third employee on contacting and rescheduling morning appointments with customers to come in later in the afternoon while you chase up a damage control specialist and bribe them probably to come in immediately to dry out the place. So the plumber arrives, gets the pipe fixed, but not before you demand to know how the hell did that pipe burst and make sure that he fixes that along with everything else. The damage control team arrives and you tell them they have two hours to get the place cleaned up and dried out. And you probably have to bribe them again, along with some choice threats they probably don't deserve, but wakes them up a little bit. Two employees that were trying to contain and clean up the water, you now have carting all the damp furniture and rugs out the back door and spraying them out in the parking lot and wiping things down and cleaning everything up, making sure they are bone dry and sparkling before being brought back in. A couple of rugs are a lost cause, so you send employee number three on her way to Home Depot to get a couple of new ones. And by one o'clock... In the afternoon, the first customer arrives and the place is set up perfectly. None of the customers are any the wiser that there's been a disaster, except for maybe the panting and sweating staff. Congratulations. You just did a perfect administrative cycle of action, following six exact steps. Now, if you understand that, and you know the six steps, you can successfully handle all management actions in your organization. All you have to do is be aware of the six steps and follow them. You can become, of course, more and more skilled at executing each of the steps. But as long as you make a dedicated and sincere effort to follow these six steps, you will have success. Repeat them over and over, getting better and better at them. You will soon become one of the most valuable people on earth, which is a skilled administrator. If you don't believe it, look what skilled managers get paid. It's more than anybody else. That's because they're rare, okay? So let's take a closer look at this. Uh, the article from Mr. Hubbard that we're going to cover today is dated 14 September 1969 and is entitled, The Key Ingredients 
and is one of the most important articles ever written on the subject of administration or management. He starts the article by saying this, when we look at organization in its most simple form, when we seek certain key actions or circumstances that make organization work, when we need a very simple, very vital rundown to teach people that will produce results, we find only a few points we need to stress. So that's what you're going to learn today. You're going to learn a vital rundown, a series of steps that will produce results. The important things that need to be stressed. The next thing he says here, and I quote Mr. Hubbard, and this is very important because it gives you the purpose of organization. He says, quote, the purpose of organization is, all capital letters, to make planning become actuality, end quote. The purpose of organization is to make planning become actuality. Why do you have organization? To make planning become actuality. That's what organization is for. He goes on to say this, organization is not just a fancy, complex system done for its own sake. That is bureaucracy at its worst. Org boards, which is short for organizing board. We did an earlier episode on that. Org boards, for the sake of org boards. Graphs, for the sake of graphs. Rules, for the sake of rules, only add up to failures. End quote. That's Mr. Hubbard. So, yeah, organization can get a bad name. I have members who actually loathe organization. They, are, they stay away from it like it is the antithesis of production. That's not true. They're looking at a bad incarnation of organization, which isn't really organization. It's not organization with a purpose. The purpose of organization is to make planning become actuality. And it's in this article, and I'm sure many of you are familiar with this quote because it's featured here and there. It's a very important quote from Mr. Hubbard, and this is the article it comes from, if you've ever wondered. So I quote him now. He says, It is not man's dreams that fail him. It is the lack of know-how required to bring those dreams into actuality. I repeat, it is not man's dreams that fail him. You think you're a dreamer? You know, dreamers get a bad rap sometimes, like all these dreams, and, you know, he's a dreamer. You're darn right he's a dreamer. He better be a dreamer. You better be a dreamer to some extent or another. It's not dreaming that's the problem. It's the lack of know-how required to bring those dreams into actuality. So I repeat, it is not man's dreams that fail him. It is a lack of know-how required to bring those dreams into actuality. He goes on to say, good administration has two distinct targets. One, to perpetuate an existing company, culture, or society. Administration is a very broad term. You know, we interchange administration and management, but administration is broader, if you really think about it. Administer means to serve, to take care of. And you administer societies, you administer families, you administer a culture. Slightly different connotation. So good administration has two distinct targets. One, to perpetuate an existing company, culture, or society. Two, to make planning become actuality. So uh, we're, this episode is all about making your planning become an actuality. It's all about making your dreams an actuality, a reality, in other words. So to do that, you're going to execute a step-by-step. -step. It's actually six steps altogether that comprise or make up administration. There are six steps to it. And if you skip any of them, you're not really administering. And um, if you're not aware of what they are, you will sometimes miss or you'll quite often miss. But if you know the six steps that make up administration, 
and you consciously, uh, you know, after a while, you don't have to do it so consciously, but if you consciously and you're aware of the fact that you're learning them and you're using them, you will become a very skilled and valuable administrator. And you can make dreams a reality. How about that? How'd you like to make your dreams a reality? Is that something that uh, you could get into? Well, then you're listening to the right episode because this is all about that. Okay, so let's dive into this. So he says, and we've skipped around on the reference. It's quite a long uh, article, so I'm not going to read the whole thing to you. But he says here, thus, we come to the exact most basic steps that comprise administration. Okay, so let's go back to the flood. Not the biblical flood. Let's talk about the flood in your office we were just talking about. Okay, so you walk into your office. What's the first step? What happened? You observed. That's what happened. You observed that there was a flood. Okay, so the first step in the cycle of administration, he says here, I quote Mr. Hubbard, first is observation. From beginning to end, observation must serve both those in charge and any others who plan. Bear in mind this planning thing. When observation is lacking, then planning itself, as well as any and all progress, can become unreal and orders faulty and destructive. Observation, in essence, must be, here's, here he is, all capital letters, must be true. Observation, in essence, must be true. Nothing must muddy it or color it, as this can lead to gross errors in action and training. So you did a skillful job of administering, managing a crisis in the office. You came in and you observed Okay, it's flooding. And furthermore, you continued to observe because you wanted to know where the source of it was coming from. And you detected that as being the uh, burst pipe. You also observed that there were certain areas that were more hazardous or dangerous than other areas because you saw the flood going towards the electrical closet. So these are all observations. Now, if you didn't observe first, you would not, pro you, you know, let's say you just said, oh my God, and you start trying to mop everything up and you're wondering why is there more and more water pouring onto the floor and how come, you know, the breakers all blew and the computers all blew up and, you know, and oh my God, like, okay, that comes from a lack of observation. And there are so many times where people dive in on a management problem without observing first. It's probably one of the biggest errors that the members make. They either don't look or they assume they already know, which is about the same thing. So don't ever look without observing. Don't ever quote, look, end quote, without observing. You know, you, you want to not go in with the perspective that you already know what's going on in any scenario. It's a hard learned lesson, but you've learned it a couple of times, you don't forget it. Don't dive in without observing first. Next thing you know, you're going to be giving everybody uh, direction and orders that don't make any sense to them, and they will either do them and create more of a wreck than has already been created by whatever it is you're trying to handle. You know, so you have sales going down. And so somebody's trying to cover up their problems, start telling you about salesman Joe is the problem. And you decide, okay, well, then let's fire salesman Joe. You don't go and observe Joe. You don't listen to how he's selling. You don't look at his statistics. You don't look at his sales, you know. And, but all you're listening to is somebody else's 
uh, quote unquote observation. And that's not even an observation. They probably have their own uh, vested interest. You know, in other words, they're trying to cover up for their own lack of production. So this happens so often. You know, how come this isn't happening? I don't know. Well, uh, and and so go look, go observe. You know, we're not implementing Hubbard management. Oh well, you know, um, it's uh, it's because uh, people around here are uh, into. Um, Buddhism or something, right? And you kind of go, what? I mean, or they go, oh, I see. Oh, I get it. So there's a conflict. All right. So I guess we won't put in Hubbard management. Uh, no, go and observe. You know, well, the staff don't like it. Really? Okay, which staff? Observe. Well, I know why I'm not putting in Hubbard management. My staff aren't into it. Oh, really? Which staff member? All of them. Did you talk to all of them? No. Well, you haven't observed. So to take action without observing first, you are going to make mistakes, guaranteed, unless you're extremely lucky, like one in a thousand, maybe one in a million times you'll get it right. Okay, but most of the time, you're going to get it wrong. Okay, so then he goes on to say this. Next step. So what, first you observed. Then what happened? He says, next is planning itself. Planning is based on dreams, but it must be fitted to what is needed and wanted and what men can do even with stretched imaginations or misgivings. Planning has to be targeted and scheduled and laid out in steps and gradients, or one will be laying railroad tracks that pass through oceans or boring tunnels in mountains that do not exist or building penthouses without putting any building under them to hold them up. All right, so you see the flood. You go, okay, I observe. Here's where it's coming from. There are the hazards. So right away, you make a plan. I'm going to do everything I can to stop the flood from coming in and, and getting worse. And as soon as one of my guys shows up, I'm going to put him on making sure that water doesn't reach that electrical closet. And then uh, put a couple of guys on that so we can start containing this mess while I try to figure out how to stop this thing. But the next guy that comes in or the next girl that comes in, by George better call a plumber and get that plumber in here on the double. So you've already formed a plan. You follow? And there are further steps to the plan because you also, you're planning already, you know, okay, good. Uh, my clients can't come in while there's this mess. So we better at some point in the future here, not immediately because that's not my first concern. My first concern is to contain what's happening and get it being repaired. But then I do have a concern up the line here that my customers come in and see this mess and I'm going to lose some business here if I don't get somebody on the phone rescheduling everybody. You follow me? So you have formed a plan. That is planning. Try and act without planning. Why don't you just do it just for the hell of it? Why don't you, you know, go get some broomsticks and some twine and some polyethylene, some clear plastic or whatnot, and say, I'm going to build a little uh, greenhouse in the back here of the yard, you know, where my wife can grow her tomatoes or something like that. And you just go back there and don't make a plan. Just start working on it. Man, you are going to quit after a couple hours and go, where's my beer? Okay, because, you know, it's just not going to come together. You got to sit down at the dining room table, make at least a little bit of a sketch of it, go out there and observe, like, where is a level piece of ground? Where is, you know, how many broomsticks do I have and how much space do we actually need? Do some observation and then do some planning. And now your time will be uh, appropriately spent getting something constructive done. You're making, to some extent, you're making a dream into a reality. Why? Because you observed step one and then you planned step two. Okay, what's the next step? Step three. 
The essence of planning is communication, and the communication must be such that it can be understood and will not be misunderstood. For unless those who oversee and those who do know what their part of the plan is, they cannot execute their share and very well may oversee and do quite some other action, leaving a monstrous gap and even a structure that ate up their time and funds, but now has to be torn down. What's the next step? Communication. What did you do next? Okay, you were already communicating to yourself, so I better get over there and start fixing uh, this, uh, staunching this uh, burst pipe over here, and, you know, grab some rags and start wrapping them around there and seeing how I can bind this up and stop this from being getting much worse. But then uh, first thing that's going to happen is when one of my guys show up, I'm going to now communicate to them this plan that has formed in my mind. And boy, I'm going to communicate it loud. I'm going to communicate it short. I'm going to communicate it clearly that get the heck over to where that water is approaching the water, the uh, utility closet where the, where the computers are and stop that flood from getting in there no matter what you got to do. Now, you relay that data. That's communicating. All the planning in the world is not going to do any good if you don't communicate it to anybody. And you better communicate it in a way that it can be easily duplicated. One of the most uh, productive exercises you can do with regards to communication is make sure that all your communications with regards to your planning is put in writing. I, I will probably at some point do a full episode on the value of putting things in writing. So you can communicate things verbally. And of course, in this crisis situation, that's what you're doing. But if you're trying to get your receptionist to answer the phone a certain way, if you're trying to get your salespeople to duplicate a certain patter or drill, or you're trying to get your technicians to set up a room a certain way or prepare tools in a certain way, put it in writing. Don't just tell them verbally. You can tell them verbally, but you better follow up with something in writing because otherwise it's not adequately being communicated. So that comes under this communication part, step three. Okay. Now, step four. So what's the next step? What is step four? Well, what happened? You got everybody to deal with and you communicated your direction. You communicated your orders. You know, you go over here, you make the phone calls, you, you stop the flying over in this direction, and then you do the next step. Quote, the next is supervision, end quote. So that's what you're doing. You're going to go, okay, hey, are you guys doing this correctly? Are you, in fact, stopping the water from hitting the utility closet? Are you making the phone calls? Did you reach a plumber? You are now supervising that which you communicated, okay, to make sure that it is actually being done. All right, so supervision is your next step. So you observe, you plan, you communicate, you supervise. All right, so then we, get, we come to step five. So Albert says, then there are the producers who produce the service or the structure or the product required by the plan. Many plans are marvelous in all respects, but putting somebody there to actually do the required actions that make the plan real. So the next thing you did in that scenario, of course, was that you got everybody to work. You got everybody to produce. You got everybody, okay, you are making the phone calls. You are uh, cleaning up the mess. You're averting the disaster in the electrical closet. You're taking all the furniture out into the parking lot. You're getting everything dried off. You're getting everything cleaned up. Do, 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 do under your supervision. So you've got 
You made your observations. I hate to keep repeating this, but I think it bears repeating. Just look at the cycle. You made, of course, you're kind of doing a lot of these things concurrently, but you made your observation. You made your plan. You relayed that plan through communication. You supervised that this was actually being duplicated and run with and executed. And then you are making sure everybody is actually producing step five so that we arrive at the final step. Six, where Hubbard says, finally, there is the user, those who will use or benefit from the program when it is realized and completed. When planning fails to take this element into account, only then can the whole program fail utterly for it, regardless of dreams, labor and expense is finally seen to be of no value anyway. Yeah, we got to make sure, right? Right from the beginning, really, it's part of the observation step. Who is going to use this? Like, okay, what are we going to do about the customers that are supposed to be coming in this morning? They can't come into this. We're going to lose them. What are you thinking with right from the beginning? Users. You're thinking about the consumer. You're thinking about the customer. You're thinking about the client. And you could do a beautiful job of observing, planning, communicating, supervising, and even producing an inflatable Christmas tree that nobody's ever going to buy. Because what? Because you actually didn't observe the user. You were not taking into consideration the user. Step six. When those customers come in at 1 p.m. and you're thinking about this the whole time you're working on this cycle of administration, you're thinking with the customers are arriving at 1. We had everybody rescheduled from 1 on. We have until 1 o'clock. Here comes the... Uh, the plumber, man, you got to get this sorted out and out of here. Okay, here comes the uh, disaster relief team. Okay, uh, man, you guys have got two hours to clean this mess up. I got two hours before I'm opening my doors, and you better move it. And, uh, you know, here's some extra cash to make sure because I ain't losing any business over this. Okay, I'm not. And, uh, and everybody's like, everybody goes away happy, and in come the users, in come the consumers, and they uh, don't even know there's a problem. You just go happily right back into uh, whatever it is that you are uh, selling or servicing them with. And that's because you did a great job of executing the six steps of an administrative cycle of action. Now, I want you to practice this for the next few days. Look at something that you want to get done, some aspect of your dream, some aspect of your vision that you would like to get done. Pick something pretty simple, okay, and do these six steps. Observe, plan, communicate, supervise, produce, and users. Take into account your users. Always be thinking with who is going to consume what we are now producing, okay? If you just do that over and over again, uh, for the next few days and just get the hang of it and tell me, write me back or make a comment and let me know if that isn't making a significant difference to you as an administrator or a manager. You don't feel like you're a lot saner, uh, a lot more listened to, a lot more responded to, and most importantly, whether or not you're actually making that administrative cycle productive and, and end up in uh, approaching more whatever that vision might be or whatever that dream might be. Because a purpose, what did he say? What did Mr. Hubbard say at the very beginning of this article? 
The purpose of organization is to make planning become actuality. It's not your dreams that are going to fail you. It's your lack of application of these fundamentals. Okay. Well, I hope that was helpful. Uh, practice those six steps. Do them over and over a few times. It'll soon become second nature for you. But on the other hand, if it does become second nature and you're not consciously doing it and you see something snarling up uh, that you're trying to get done, review the six steps and see if you're actually properly doing them. Maybe you have a, maybe you didn't observe enough. Maybe you didn't plan well enough. Maybe you're not supervising well enough. Maybe the guys are not producing properly. Or maybe you were, forgot to take into account that there were no users for this particular service or product. Okay. Or it's not quite what the users need or want. So... These six steps done over and over are going to make you a champ, man. So use them well. And uh, that's it for today. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a like or leave us a comment. Write us at info at yz2s.org. And I'm looking forward to speaking to you again next week. <laughs>